How long has it been since you heard me say this? Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Chris Beatcast. After a long, unannounced, and largely unplanned <laughs> hiatus, we are back on the air and better than ever, I hope. Or maybe the same as ever, but I, th- I think that would still be pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's right. We're back after taking a uh, fairly long break, uh, many months, six months at least. Um, and I would love to explain to you all of the reasons why there were no episodes recorded during that time, but they are very numerous. Um, and the best way I can sum it up is that life just happened. Uh, had a lot of things change um, as far as, uh, well, maybe not a lot of things, but just academics uh, really got me in the fall and then uh, just a bunch of other stuff going on that I um, kept me from being able to put episodes out. Although, guys, I want you to know, I really wanted to be putting them out. I just did not have, could not find the time to get this done. Um, but now I'm no longer in school uh, just working and playing music and uh, hoping to be able to do more of these uh, for you. So thank you to all of you that listen. Uh, nothing has really changed about the show. It's, it's keeping the same format. and You can find it in all the same places. And that's like my website, ChristopherPetrick.com, or on the iTunes, or wherever you consume your podcasts, uh, wherever that might be. I know there's other apps, and I don't know what they are because I use iTunes. So... Um, what do I want to announce to you guys? Nothing much, really. Uh, life continues to move right along, and we will open what I'm uh, lovingly calling the second season of the Chris P. Cast with uh, Miss Jamie Richards, who I did not know very well before this episode started, um, but we have, I will say, worked together um, some uh, with the Young Adult Service Revive, although I don't work for Hope, but uh, I, I play there a couple times a month. Um, and so we've uh, uh, gotten to know each other a little bit through that, and she was kind enough to agree to take some time out of her Wednesday afternoon and come on this show, and it was a great conversation. It, as If you like the ones where we just kind of bounce all over the place and cover a wide range of topics, you will like this episode, uh, which is a lot of what I think the show started as and what I want it to continue to be. And if you're sitting at home listening to it thinking, oh, I wish you would have asked her more about this, uh, don't worry, I also wish that, and uh, Jamie has already agreed to uh, do another one of these at some point because there's just a lot of other things, a lot of other ways we could have gone, but um, we just kind of let the conversation flow like it was going to flow, and I think that you guys will enjoy it. I hope that you do. Um, I'm very, very excited, in all honesty, to be back uh, doing podcasts. I hope that you're excited to hear uh, the new episodes, and we'll kick it off right now with Jamie Richards. Well, everybody, we are uh, back after a many-month hiatus here on the Chris Cast. I'm excited to be back, um, and I can't think of a better guest to be back with. Um, I'm sitting in a tiny room <laughs> that has a leg, and the microphone is on a table made of Legos, which yes. I will take a picture of and post <laughs> later. Um, I'm sitting here with Jamie Richards. Hi, everyone. Um, Jamie, thanks for doing this. Thanks yeah. For carving out the time. My pleasure. How busy it is around here. Um, it's going to be a blast. I, let's hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell everybody what you do, and then we'll talk about who you are. Okay, cool. So I am on staff here at Lutheran Church of Hope as the Revive Coordinator. Revive is the worship community of young adults in their 20s and 30s, and so I'm on staff to coordinate the worship service and then also all of the other things that happen 
uh, alongside Revive for young adults. So there's a leadership team of 12 pretty awesome other young adults who are all coordinating like service events, social events, life groups, women's ministry, things like that. So I work with them as well. And those are like the two primary parts. Are those all volunteer people? Yeah, they are. They're all volunteers. That's amazing. It is. It's really, really cool. (laughs) I really love working with them. And then there's other duties as assigned all over the place, like (laughs) doing welcome announcements on Sunday mornings, doing Hope Kids openings and things like that. That's always the adjusting a setting behind the scenes everyone I'm adjusting a setting <laughs> if I just got way louder it was because it was right behind my um, I think I told you that was always the weirdest part when I worked here sometimes at the 8 o'clock when you were worshiping you'd also have to do announcements yeah. it was just like the weirdest like alright yes. everybody sit down and now I'll read this thing to you, you know? yes um, yeah, Mark just asked me if I do the online thing, like oh. be the host or whatever yeah. the other day, and I was like, yeah, can I do announcements and that on the same day? That might be kind of fun. Right. And he was like, dude, I did them from the booth one time. Did there announcements from the booth. Anyways. There you go. Yeah, other duties. Um, yeah, so Jamie and I have known each other not that long. <laughs> A couple of months. We talked like once or twice. Yes, yes. Um, for anybody who is wondering about background, um, some of you will have been able to piece together. Fans of the show will know that uh, when I used to work here in uh, 2007, um, Revive was formerly known as Immersion, which will also sound familiar to some listeners, and I was pretty involved with that. And then uh, when it changed, it changed while I was gone in the Navy. So I came back, and it was totally different, but I think in a good way. Um, we talked a little bit about that. but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the, the feel of it now, and um, I think it, like I said to you before, I think it does speak to sort of where worship is going to trend as a whole um, with things being a little bit smaller and a little bit more intimate and I think that's just what people especially I hate to say I hate saying millennials because it's such a buzzword but yes. especially what millennials or a dirty word sometimes. yeah yeah sometimes yeah but I think it just it speaks to a little bit of what where worship's going to go in mm-hmm. general um, mm-hmm. I'm interested in it to see yeah, same. And it's been really cool to have you at Revive the last nice. however long it's been. Yeah. It's been really cool. You bring a really great presence. Boy, I, I, I told Alyssa, hey, if you ever need any any help at Revive, and I had no idea what that was <laughs> and here you are. getting into. <laughs> no, it's That's been awesome. good. It's good for me. I, it's nice when you're in charge of services to come to one and play where you're not in charge of it. Yeah. So you don't have to do any yep. of those things and uh, it's not my concern what orders the songs go in and getting the charts in the right keys and stuff. So that's that's a nice release for me, so. Cool. Um, all right, well, now, the reason we're all here, all two of us. Da-da-da. <laughs> um, Jamie, who do you believe you are? That's such a fantastic question, and one that I have no idea how to answer. <laughs> <laughs> who do I believe that I am? Um, I am a human being, and I feel like most of what I think about and do is in pursuit of becoming the most healthy human being that I possibly could be Mm. and um, that shows up in all sorts of different ways Mm -hmm. like relationship with family and friends and um, all of the like internal just like thought processes that happen yeah Um, what does it mean what does healthiest mean to you which is another big question yeah yeah Um, there have been a variety of relationships in my life starting back in like middle I mean even before middle school right and then on 
a lot of people would come into my life and because I've always been a pretty warm person mm -hmm. like a pretty inclusive person and so in retrospect I realized that a lot of people would show up in my life that didn't have good boundaries uh -huh. and that needed a warm inclusive person because of who they were they had been shut out in a lot of other areas of their life. Mm -hmm. And so as a person who grew up thinking that boundaries were bad, yeah. I, um, or like, quote unquote, unchristian, yeah. um, then I just had a lot of unhealthy people in my life. And yeah. so in the last several years, realizing like what impact that had had on me, I have gotten a lot better about yeah. setting boundaries and making sure that I'm surrounded by a lot of healthy people mm -hmm. and that all of the internal um, thought processes and kind of how the cogs all work yeah. you know noticing like okay what's not good in my own head and yeah. how am I thinking in an unhealthy way mm -hmm. in a way that's not promoting like good things yeah. and health and boundaries and um, good self talk and things yeah. like that so Big yes to that. That's yeah. yeah that's something uh, when we met previously that we I had mm -hmm. talked about going to therapy all the time and stuff, and that is yeah. something that I do constantly is just checking this. Yes. What are you saying to yourself? Mm -hmm. You know that it that it influences, mm -hmm. and it's so easy to think like this person made me feel this. Mm -hmm. To think this like well, you're still the one feeling it, you're still the one thinking <laughs> it. You know. Yeah. So we have to take some ownership of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to counseling for several years when I lived in Seattle. I think. Everybody needs a counselor. Like, <laughs> just go weekly or go monthly, whatever it is. But mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, you work through so much. And some days you go in and you're like, I don't really think I have anything to say today. Yep. And man, you come out feeling like your whole world just got blown up. And it's like, bit, like so. that, that's an hour. That's it. You know? Yeah. It right. Yeah. I totally yep. agree. I think that even if you. I don't like this language, but if you think even if there's quote unquote nothing wrong with you, you'd yes. be surprised at how much you would benefit from yeah. just sitting <laughs> yes. and talking to somebody, especially somebody that doesn't know anybody that you know. They're never going to talk to anybody that you know. Mm -hmm. So just if you want to sit mm -hmm. and complain about people, yep. you can. And yep. that can sometimes be a healthy thing. And if nothing else, you can always talk about your parents. Right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that family of origin. Uh huh. So. Um, it's interesting that I was I was nodding quite a bit when you said the thing about maybe maybe not being taught exclusively, but it was suggested not so subtly that perhaps boundaries are unchristian in some mm -hmm. way. Can you say more about that? Because I think that that resonates with me yeah. for some reason, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Let's explore that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so when I think about it, my parents are two of the most generous people that I've ever come across. What do your parents do? Yeah, so my dad, growing up, my dad worked in construction, mm -hmm. and then he um, left the business that he was working with to start his own fine woodworking business, okay. and that was somewhere, I think I was maybe like 10 or 12, and so he ha has had his own business since then, Okay. and then he's a musician as well, so oh. he will play at like Chocolatery Stom, he'll have a gig or whatever, mm -hmm. and um, that's, so that's a good time, mm -hmm. and then my mom is musicians a... I know, they're so <laughs> weird. <laughs> Raised by one. <laughs> yeah, I was too, so and okay. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. And then um, my mom is a dietitian mm -hmm. by training and trade, but she's been a stay-at-home mom since I was five. Okay. And then I always mention that my grandma lived with my family growing up from the age of seven mm -hmm. until when I was 17, and then she was in a nursing home 
a few blocks away until my senior year of college when she passed away. So she was also like the the third parent at home, you know, and so she was an English teacher Ah. and taught in a one-room schoolhouse, and so whenever there was an error in the paper, every day she'd holler and I'd come running and she'd, you know, point out this is the wrong there or it's or there's no apostrophe or whatever. So, yes, that's my parents' That drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you had asked me... Oh, about, about the boundaries, boundaries thing. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, so my parents are two of the most generous people with their time that I know. My mm-hmm. mom will, uh, I just saw my mom this morning. She drove down an hour to bring my sister something that my oh. sister had forgotten because she's on her way to Michigan. Uh-huh. So, like, my mom just dropped what she was doing and came. And my dad, um, some family friends were just involved in a train car accident. Mm-hmm. And so my dad um, spent his whole Saturday over at their house helping to design a ramp. Um, to get this woman who's now going to be in a wheelchair for a while in and out of the house. And so, yeah, he just gave his whole day and put aside whatever else he was going to do for the day. So my parents are super generous with their time. Mm -hmm. And so I think growing up watching them be um, so generous with their time and and do something for somebody else at the drop of the hat, I probably just subconsciously, maybe sometimes consciously, picked up that that's what you're supposed to do for everybody. Right? Is just... Um, put yourself aside in service of another, which is not a terrible thing. No, no, like no. that's literally yeah, what Jesus worse, is yeah. like. Hey, you should do this. This is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like good to support one another, and it's healthy. Mm-hmm. But there is a point, I think, at which that becomes detrimental to your sense of self. Yep, totally agree. You know, yeah, and like. So, for a long time, I feel like I didn't know who I was, and I didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. You know, like, we'd go out to eat, and I would stand and look at the menu for, Mm -hmm. like, what felt like ages, because I had been so excited to go out with friends and people and be there, that I literally had no idea, like, oh, I need to think about me and what I literally want right now. Yeah. Um, So, that's, like, a small example. It's a good example, though. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that sort of thing would show up often, like, in friendships, Mm -hmm. of, oh, I don't know what I want. And so I would just go along with the flow mm-hmm. and be generous with myself and giving to other people, but sometimes at the detriment of... Mm-hmm. of and to complete the metaphor, maybe end up eating something that you didn't really want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, spending time, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's it. A couple of things with that. First of all, mm-hmm. it's a little staggering how similar <laughs> our family construction is because my mm-hmm. dad also owns his own, owned his own business. Oh, no way. Cool. Um, he's a photographer. Still is, but... Yep. Um, my mom was not a dietitian, but she was a teacher. Oh, no way. Um, so, and, and a musician. She plays the piano and the organ. And, mm-hmm. um, got me to play the piano, which I then stopped doing, which I, for the record, should not have. Yeah. <laughs> stopped doing, which I've Sorry, been Sorry, Mom. I've admitted many times. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, anyway, I was just like, gosh, that's funny. That's yeah, that something. is really funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is hard to, to, especially when you spend all your time in the church, because it sounds like you grew up in the church as well. Yeah, yeah. sure did. Um, where we, we constantly get these messages sort of like giving yourself and giving your time and, and service mm-hmm. and sacrifice and even like tithing and offerings and mm-hmm. things. It's funny, I must, have, I must have reached that point too where I realized like, because I, I have always done, I've never had a job where I wasn't in some kind of service and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. ever, which is only something I've realized recently. I think you mentioned that the other time that we got together. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I'm still figuring it out. And partially, I think it's because of what you were just saying, so that kind of helps me yeah. when mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I, you do have to learn when 
boy, too, enough is enough, and you can't help other people, yeah. really, if you're not healthy. Or if you can, are you helping them as well as you could be right. if you were healthier? And if they're not willing to notice their stuff yeah. or change, there is nothing that you can do to make them, because then it's not authentic and yep. real. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's always... I, say, I, I tell people there's two types of patients we have. It's the person that's actually sick that doesn't want to go to the hospital and the person that's not sick that really wants to go to the hospital. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. It's always the ones that really need to go that for whatever reason you really have to talk to them anyway, you know, which is an int- I think makes an interesting commentary on human nature in general yeah, probably. But, totally. Um, there's a sermon in there somewhere. Yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'm sure there is. <laughs> um... Where are you where are you from in Iowa? From central Iowa, a okay. little town just east of Ames called Nevada. Mm-hmm. Born and raised. My dad By the um, way, everybody not Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. not Nevada. It's pronounced Nevada. According to Wikipedia, now somebody's gonna go change this now that I say this. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, we came ten years before the state. So oh. we're the OG. Well, so they're saying it wrong, <laughs> yeah, is what I'm telling you. Exactly. <laughs> everybody on the western half of the coast of the United States is saying it wrong mm-hmm. and this little you know, and we are all saying it right here in Central yes, Iowa. Uh-huh, yep. Correct. So that's where I grew up in Nevada, mm-hmm. Iowa. <laughs> my dad bought the house that they still live in before he met my mom. So he's lived there for a huge chunk of his life. And wow. before that, he was a nomad. So yeah. this is kind of like a big, it was like a big shift for but him. But when he settled that. down, he really... He really did. Wow. <laughs> I went bigger at home. Yeah. Literally in bought a home. So. And you went to Northwestern? <laughs> yeah, Northwestern yeah. in Orange City, Iowa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's another one, by the way, everybody. It's not just the one in Chicago. There's yep. There's probably more than that. There is. There are it. even, there's one in Minnesota. There's a Northwest in Missouri. What did you want to do when you were a little kid? Was it always like ministry or did you, what did you want to be when you grew up? That's a really funny question. Or what do you want to be when you yeah, grew well, up? Yeah, well, that's Funny story. I always thought that I was going to die young because um, I, is, <laughs> I know, people do exactly what your face just did every time I say that. Um, I always just so I unprepared gonna, for it. <laughs> who says that? Yeah. I always thought I was going to die young because I didn't have a picture of what I was going to do when I grew up. And yeah. everyone around me was like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a physical therapist. I want to be a musician. I want to, you know, save the world, whatever. And I literally had no idea. And so I was always like, well, maybe I never told anyone, like I didn't go around saying, I think I'm going to die. But like (laughs) also perpetuated by, do you remember the movie A Walk to Remember? Yes. Yeah. So the girl's name was Jamie and I like identified a lot with her and then she died young Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my gosh it's real so no um but it's funny I found a piece of paper that I had saved um that I had written when I'm older parentheses like 16 or 17 so I must have been like 12 when I wrote this it said that and you grew up in the 1400s So when I'm older, like 16 or 17, I want to like be a big brother, big sister, or be like a mentor, or, um, and all of the things that I had written on it, there were like four or five things, they were all in service of people younger than I was. already giving yourself to, yeah. Yeah, so I just didn't know, because I grew up in a church where the pastor, like we could pay him peanuts, Mm -hmm. and then he was a carpenter on the side to actually, (laughs) that was his like real job, Right. right, you know? And so I didn't grow up realizing that you could get paid to do ministry. I thought that it was something that you did on the side, Uh right? So from a young age, like, I had a heart for ministry. 
I just didn't know that that could be a job. And right. so maybe that's why I was like, well, this is not like a valid career path. Yeah. And I just know that this is... Anyway, maybe so. if someone had said it to you. I yeah. Think, yeah. Yep. Hmm. It's interesting to hear you say, this, to make the menu illustration, mm-hmm. which I'll say because we're both mm-hmm. creatures, so mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> we would call it an illustration. <laughs> To make the menu illustration, and then in this in the same ten minutes, do you say like I also didn't have any idea what I wanted to be when I grew up? Like, yeah. do you think those two ideas are connected? Yes. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Enneagram? I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm a nine. Which which one's the nine? The nine know. is the peacemaker, the mediator, mm-hmm. and so if you don't know anything about the Enneagram, I'll pause. It's mm-hmm. a really fantastic self knowledge tool. Yes. Um and. As, as little as we, we don't know a ton about it, but the little that we know about it, it seems to be a pretty ancient way mm-hmm. of understanding yourself and the, and the people around you and how you interact. And within it, there's nine levels of health per mm-hmm. personality, for lack of a better term, personality type. Personality, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, category, whatever. And so, and so when I first took the test uh, and then realized where I was on the scale of health to unhealth, I got myself to counseling. And yeah. It was like, oh, okay. So that okay. was the big catalyst. Then. Yeah, 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 that was one of the big catalysts. That was like part of kind of the puzzle piece that mm-hmm. that got my butt there. So I'm thinking, it's, I believe I'm a four. Oh, yeah, I could totally see if that. The artist. Yeah, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Maybe. I think I tied like four and five. Maybe. I think they were pretty close. I can be. Yeah. <laughs> the dark soul. Yes. Well, yes. I spent a lot of time thinking that I was a tortured artist. But. Yep. Um, and you're, yeah, fourth, five wing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I listened, listen, I listened, I was very much an emo kid when I was yes. growing up. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. um, by the way, for those of you who can't see it, Jamie's nodding like this all makes complete yes, sense. Yes, like, everything so. is making so much sense right now. Yes. Um, I so. would say, just to put a button on that, that the Enneagram, if people have not listened, have not taken it, Yes. You, you, you can pay to take it's, you can pay to take the real one, or you can take free ones online, which yeah. is all I've ever done. I'm yeah. To take it, but it's in, it's very interesting. I'm also always interested yes. in my standard joke is all the girls I've dated. I want them to also take it, like yeah. so I can see like, oh, this is where it makes sense now. Because <laughs> yeah. it has that like interactions or whatever. Yes, of like it. what this person looks like in relationship. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I find. I find interesting. It's not. It's probably best described as a personality test, but it's a lot more in depth than that. I would say. Yeah. 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 Um, so what got you to take that? Yeah. Because it was a sense like it was a big deal. So. It was. Yeah. So the person that I was working for at a church in Seattle mm-hmm. had come across it and had fallen in love with it and was using it um, in his personal life and his work life and our work setting, and so that's how I mm-hmm. came across it. Excuse me. And I think we were just doing it as like a work, like a staff development yeah, piece sure. on our um, with our staff at church, and that's how I came across mm-hmm. it. So, and it became pretty foundational. Like it was, it's. I loved the Myers Briggs before that, but yeah. like this one really, it like really has stuck with me. Yeah, and makes yeah. so much sense. So, so, so take me. We said it briefly, but take me into that then, where it's like you. You said what was the, what? What about yeah. that was the catalyst that got you to into counseling? Into counseling. Well, I'm trying to remember, I don't remember off the top of my head, like, the nine levels. So, there's, like, with these nine levels, there's the, this is what a nine would look like mm-hmm. in the top three levels of health, right? Mm-hmm. Which nobody ever achieves. Right. But, yeah, that would be great. Mm-hmm. And then there's your three average and your three unhealthy. Um, so, it's this scale. And I felt like I was operating at, like, bottom average, top unhealthy. Um, and I don't think that that's necessarily exactly where I was but the fact that I saw those tendencies in myself scared me sure 
And I thought, oh my gosh, this combined with a lot of other things that I'm experiencing in my personal life, in my work life. Mm-hmm. Um, I had moved to Seattle, was really excited about like being on this adventure. I was a young person, graduated from college, didn't right. know what I was doing, right? This job came up in Seattle, and so I went and realized that I like didn't know enough about myself, and it, that was becoming pretty yeah. increasingly apparent. Yeah. And so, and I wish I could just I should just pull up those levels or whatever and be more accurate and not vague, but. That's okay. um, yeah, whatever it was in that, I was like, ooh, I don't like how this sits yeah. right now. Yeah. And I'd really like some help sorting through kind of where I'm at so that I can get back to what feels like a little bit more me mm-hmm. and a little bit more healthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So did you, so you went to Seattle not knowing anybody and not, boy, I don't Pretty know. few people. I knew like three or four people. I don't know how people... It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that, it really surprised me. Yeah. Knowing, oh, you surprised yourself. I did. Yeah. totally surprised myself because yeah. I'm such a community and relationships-oriented right. person right. to just kind of, like, not on a whim. I, did, I don't do things on whims very easily <laughs> right. at all. Um, but I just, like, I was like, you know what? I... Why not? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Yeah. I learned so much about myself. What did you do in Seattle? What did you do for the church? Youth ministry. Mm -hmm. Yep. Seems like everybody starts. No matter where you end up, (laughs) everybody has youth ministry somewhere in there. Right? Because it's like boot camp for everything. You think you want to do this, we'll weed out the... Uh (laughs) The weaklings. The weaklings. It's like when we make people take organic chemistry. If you really want to... Yeah, right. Well, and like if the average lifespan of a youth minister, youth pastor, youth worker, whatever you want to call them... When I was in college, it was 18 months, and I did youth ministry for six and a half years. So I feel like that, like I just... Well, the average is 18 months. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's actually not that surprising. When think I about it, take right? To think about You're it, like, yeah. well, okay, kids are kids. Mm-hmm. Parents are parents. Yeah, more importantly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and churches are churches, yeah. so, right. yeah. Right, right. Yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. I, uh, I think we talked about, I love Seattle. Yes, area. because you that's one of the first things that we ever talked about. Yes. Is because you mentioned Oak Harbor, and I was said, like, yeah, oh, hello. Because you said Seattle. I spent four years. Well, I, I was stationed there for four yeah. years. I wasn't there for all three, but... Yeah. Yeah. Which, that part of the United States is so beautiful. It's... Yeah, it is. Oh. I just had my friend visiting from Seattle. Yeah. Um, which is why I was late getting you that. Oh, know, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I wasn't right. answering emails and stuff during that time. But, um, but he came in, and... Uh, we were talking, and I, I had said something like, you know, if things and circumstances had been different, and of course, they weren't, so whatever, but yeah. it's like, if circumstances had been different, I could have stayed there, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I didn't. I'm mm-hmm. happy about the things I'm doing now, but uh, part of me was like, I could have just stayed, because it it's so beautiful there in the summer, and, and especially on the islands where we were. Yeah. I just loved it there. Yeah. But, you grew up in Iowa, right? I did, yep. So I'm going to ask you a question. Go ahead. What is it, because I think about this for people who have, grew up in Iowa, left and have come back what is it like for you to come back yeah um good question you know i've really only recently started to plug back into the things that i really liked about Mm -hmm. being in des moines Mm -hmm. um and coming back it's just reminding especially like not the least of which has been playing here again um, taking more jobs doing music and being back in ministry and that kind of stuff so because with me for me I was very much associated with ministry, and then I joked that when I left for the Navy, I was retiring from ministry. 
right? I mean, like, yeah, good try. Uh, um, and in a lot, in some ways, I, I've started to look at it, and I'm, I'm sure I'll write or speak more about this as I put all these pieces together. But I've started to look at it as my time. Um, pick, pick your parable of the time when you sort of saw the thing you were maybe supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. You had to take some time away from it to realize, like, um, no, this is actually the path I'm supposed to be on. And I loved being in the military for the most part, mm -hmm. and I liked the things I did there. I don't think it was a waste by any means. But coming back here, getting plugged back in the ministry, and, and being able to have time to do like we're doing right now, mm -hmm. um, all I associate all of that with Iowa. So it's not just the places and, yeah. and the people, but it's literally the way it makes me feel because I get to do these things. And these opportunities are really only here for me because of the people that I know. And, um, yeah. So in a big way for me coming back, and especially the last couple months, um, has just been like, oh, right, that's that's why, mm -hmm. you know? Not in a bunch of tangible ways, but just mm -hmm. in, not in any big reasons, but a lot of little ones that make me go, oh, that's why this place is yeah. what I call the best-kept secret in the country. You know, like, I... Yeah, did you see the report that just came out? I think it was this morning that Des Moines is the number nine city to live in in the U.S. No, but that's awesome. Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't want uh, them to keep telling people, though, because then <laughs> 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 everyone will and show everyone up. Move here, and then it'll be over. Yeah. yeah. What was that like for you? Because well, when did you move back here? Yeah, um, a little over a year ago. Okay. Yeah. We moved back almost the same time. When did you move back? Well, no, hang on. I moved I, back December 2015. It was right before Christmas. Oh, mine was uh, uh, August of 2015. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. right around the same time. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Well, and I was going to say, too, something that you made me think of was the pastor that I worked with, one of the pastors that I worked with in Seattle, Paul, had said to a friend of mine when she was kind of questioning like what her career was going to be if she wanted to keep working for that church or not um, he'd said to her something to the effect of you should really only do ministry if you try everything else and like you you can't not do ministry yeah, yeah. you know yeah. like and I think that's probably true for any profession mm -hmm. is that like you can't not do it so for you like ministry sounds like something that you can't not do yeah I know for me it's <laughs> like I, I would go anywhere and try to not be who I am like who I am is so geared towards like health and thinking about faith and who God is mm -hmm. and how God shows up in our lives and how we encounter God like I just can't not yep. do ministry yep I've realized, I've realized recently that the, the answer for me in a big way when people were asking, like, what do you want to do? Because mm -hmm. you're, we, we talked about, I, I'm about, I'll turn 30 here in a couple weeks. So. Yeah, yep. And I wrote for the Revive blog that as I was thinking, I've been doing a lot of thinking as, as one is prone to do mm -hmm. when a decade of your life is Yeah, in I just did, the, did that this last September. Right, and, mm -hmm. and it's so, to me, I've been just thinking a lot about, like, the trajectory of the last 10 years and mm -hmm. the the where I thought I was going to be vice where I am. Mm -hmm. And I always sort of was driving towards in my mind saying like, I need to have a job. But the reality is that for me, and I'm now just now becoming comfortable with this thought, is that I like doing both. And yeah. really there's opportunities now coming for me where I get to do both. Mm -hmm. And I sort of the other day was like, so why wouldn't I just keep doing both? Because there's not one answer, at least for me, there's not one answer. It's if the opportunities present itself to be in ministry yes. part of my time and to yes. be doing medicine part of the time, mm -hmm. why not just do both of those things and forego the idea that there's one thing I'm supposed to be doing? Does that you know? feel like a huge light bulb moment for you? Eve, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. 100%, yeah. Cool. And in a lot of ways, I'm, I, I did not get into PA school. In a lot of ways, I'm very thankful about that because I'm now starting to entertain the idea 
mom and dad, if you hear this, don't freak out about it. <laughs> I'm starting to entertain the idea that I might not go because I'm just, mm. I really like where things are currently. Mm-hmm. And the opportunities that are coming my way to get sort of more involved with things, I go, with, yeah, you know what? I'm okay with just doing this. And mm-hmm. um, if I went back to grad school, I was like, maybe I would go back and get a master's in Christian thought or in theology or something because I have the academic background for that. And mm-hmm. um, trying to make opportunities out of that instead of just chasing. I'll have you speak to this because I've been talking way more than I should be. Uh, <laughs> um, the idea of, of, we get this idea that we're supposed to be chasing some sort of thing. Yes. But have, I guess in your life, have you, stopped, have you had those moments where you stopped to ask yourself, like, do, is this a thing I really actually want, or am I just do, doing it because I think I'm supposed to be doing it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I think that loops back to the whole Enneagram thing and, like, being a nine. So kind of like the hallmark of being a nine is being a chameleon. Yeah. And, um, like, the story. nice way of saying that or the positive way of saying that is that, like, adaptability is what I am gifted at. Like, mm. it's not just, yeah. like, something that I can do, but that's, like, who I am, mm-hmm. for better or for worse, is to adapt to whatever situation that I'm put in. What that means is that unless you're super aware and you do a lot of work, you're not sure who the core of you actually is yeah. because you're always constantly you're constantly adapting to the people that you're with, the situation that you're with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't remember exactly what your question was just now, but like that for me, it was like, okay, I need to figure out who I actually mm-hmm. am and not just continually be. Um, so present in the moment that mm-hmm. I'm caught up with who am I in this moment and not just who am I outside of this moment. Yeah. If yeah. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. It's interesting. What kinds of what kinds of questions other than I mean who cuz who I am right is a giant question. What sorts of smaller questions are along mm-hmm. the way to to figuring that out? Yeah. Well, when I was in college, I had no idea what I was going to do. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Menu items, right? Like, <laughs> right, everyone's yeah. like, you could be anything. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be a computer programmer, but it could be. Do yeah. I want to be a computer programmer? Do I want to work for Weta Workshops and, like, you know, mm-hmm. bring Lord of the Rings to life when mm-hmm. they do their next <laughs> yeah. set of these? Um, Which, that would have been cool. Oh, that would have been mean, really cool. They yeah. liked one of my Instagram pictures one time, and I, like, still have a screenshot because <laughs> I'm such a huge nerd. <laughs> But yeah, I remember, so in college, I went in, and you had to, you didn't have to declare a major at Northwestern until second semester of sophomore year. So I had I had two years to take all my gen eds, and like, might have been that way too. Yeah, yeah, which was really cool for me to be able to explore. I went in thinking, maybe I'll do music, mm-hmm. maybe I'll do pre-physical therapy, or like biology, or something mm-hmm. like that. I always knew that I wanted to help people. Like, that was apparent in all of the different areas that I was interested in. And so I had decided to work at this summer camp called Riverside Lutheran Bible Camp the first summer after college, and I really liked it, so I went back. And somewhere in there, I also took kind of like a Christian Ed 101 class. Yeah. And they all they kept saying to us in college, um, keep studying what you enjoy. Like, if you like something, take the next one and explore what that is like for you. And I thought, well, okay, if I really like the 101 class, I'm going to take the 102 class, right. which is youth ministry. Yeah. And so between those classes, working at this summer camp and bouncing back and forth between that, between academic year and summer, somewhere in there I thought, you know, I really like working with young people and my peers in a ministry setting. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I should pursue that for a career. Yeah. And so I declared a youth ministry major 
and fell in love with that program and that it felt homey to me and the people that I was studying alongside most of us went into youth ministry right after graduating which was kind of unheard of most people will go into some other field and not use that degree it'd be be really interesting to actually go back and look at how many of those people that I graduated with are still doing yeah Yeah, youth ministry I think a lot of them are at least still involved in ministry of some in some capacity Mm -hmm. so Anyway, yeah, yeah, so I think somewhere along the way of that, it was this, it felt like there was continual reinforcement, either mm-hmm. what people were saying to me or experiences that I was having mm-hmm. that said, keep pursuing what you feel drawn to. Yeah. And I felt drawn to that enough to, to keep kind of mm-hmm. shoving in that direction. It's interesting, <clears throat> it's interesting to think about because you said it felt like that situation or that major and getting into that, that field of study felt like home to you, yeah. which it's interesting to think about a, a an academic pursuit as feeling, as having that feeling, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I totally agree with you, it does, and it can. Um, I changed majors many times in college, and mm-hmm. I started as poli-sci, I think, and then just bounced between things, and sort of ended up in religion because, um, one, I could finish it in four years, and two, <laughs> <laughs> And two, because it's... Which at some point is like, you're like, okay. Yeah, it's time, really, we got to decide <laughs> yeah, here, because we can't just spend our all, you know, I, I, especially with, you know, as expensive as private as liberal arts school is, it's oh, like, I'm yeah. not staying here any longer than I absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was sort of, thank God for the liberal arts education, because they made you take, you know, all these different things. Yeah. And it's, mine was kind of similar, where it's like, that really clicked. And someone on the way was like, no, I actually really like... Like sitting, like reading books and sitting in a circle and talking about God <laughs> and, and singing kumbaya. Yeah, just <laughs> joking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Saying words like eschatology and just yeah. nobody know what they else know what they mean. You know, yes, premillennialism. Yeah, predispensationalist or whatever. Yeah, taking classes like war and Christian ethics and yes. you know, doing weird things like that. Where they're the in, empire. Yes. And by the time you get to three hundred level courses, having known all those people and having them only be mm-hmm. eight or ten people in a class was appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just funny I think I guess I've never heard it put that way but that's probably an accurate description of how I felt about it as well which is like this just feels like the right thing yep you know um, yeah. I could tell you that as another illustration of that I, illustration good lord uh, <laughs> I visited <laughs> preacher life yeah gosh I'm so in that mindset still um, uh-huh. I visited a college that I thought I was going to go to Concordia Wisconsin which mm-hmm. is in Macomb, Wisconsin I visited it, I, and I thought I was going to go there because my best friend from high school was going there. And when I went to visit, I was like, nope. Just, and I couldn't mm. list a bunch of reasons why. I was just like, not going here. Doesn't feel, doesn't right. feel like college to me. Yep. Went down to visit Simpson, so almost completely on a whim. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I walked on that campus in like the middle of the fall when it looks its most pretty and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just walked down and was like, I'm going to school here. This, feels, this mm-hmm. feels like the place to go to school. And I'm very happy that I did. It's allowed me to do all of these other things that I've done. Yeah. I have the connections. If I hadn't gone to Wisconsin, we, or if I hadn't gone to Wisconsin, we, you and I would not be sitting here arguing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I would never have come to work here. I would never have known, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but all just because I had that same feeling where I'm like, nope, this is the place. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that's so, I mean, I'm putting this together right now, is that like, so first, being somebody who's never, who until very recently at least has not been highly opinionated, mm-hmm. has not had a, formed thoughts about things would really just take on what other people thought and was like oh yeah I agree with that so I'll think that same way yeah 
I'm a huge go by my gut person, right? And so mm-hmm. if it feels right, great. If it doesn't feel right, I might have no way of being able to articulate why it doesn't feel right. But yeah. I'll tell you, just yeah. it's not totally. homie, right? Totally. You know. Yep. And so that also is a piece of how I've lived my life and made my decisions mm-hmm. is just by feeling something out. It feels okay. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah. If not, hard pass. You would have you would have been good at medicine if you had got chosen to get you into so? that because. Well, I, at least in my line, of my field of medicine, mm-hmm. there is definitely at some point a gut thing where you go, where you stop looking. We, we have a saying, it's like we treat patients and not monitors or not numbers. So lab values and monitors or whatever, mm-hmm. all notwithstanding, if your gut tells you this person is sick, mm-hmm. then they're probably sick. Mm-hmm. And if the numbers look bad, but they don't look sick or they're not acting sick and your gut's going, nah, they're, they're probably not that then it's probably that. And you, it's just something you develop over years of being in healthcare, but yeah. you still at some point have to trust enough in yourself or you, you and I would probably make the argument trust in that thing inside you that maybe is you and maybe is something else mm-hmm. that's saying like, mm-hmm. this is the thing or this is not the thing. Yeah. And it's hard to, don't you think it's hard to tune in to hear that, you know? It is, but once you've tuned into that, it's really hard to turn it off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I, like, people will ask me, because I'm in ministry, they'll say, like, how do you experience God or whatever? You know, has God ever spoken to you, blah, blah, blah. I've I've never had, like, like, literally an audible... Yeah, me either. ...communication with God Mm -hmm. or whatever, but I feel like... And maybe it's because I'm so gut-driven, but I feel like that's how God communicates with me. Yeah. Is that, like... I don't know why it would be weird to say that the gut instinct is maybe really similar to the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. voice. Like, why wouldn't God give you a gut and, mm-hmm. and then have you not use it? Like, yeah. what if your intuition is how the Holy Spirit communicates with you mm-hmm. and is is nudging you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sometimes I people do. just stare at me and they look like I've just grown this, like, a really heretical second head, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, that's yeah. like monstrous with some red horns on it, maybe. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I think if God has given you intuition, then God's going to use that to mm-hmm. communicate with you. So, And I think the more, if we were to, I think that preaches to a lot more people because I think when mm-hmm. people are being, if we were to take a poll of a bunch of random people sitting in the church at any given point, I bet you most of them would say, no, I've never heard an audible voice yeah. that said to me. And then how many people then walk around and go, like, is there something? Am I not like, right. Am I not doing church or God correctly? Am I yeah. not holy enough? <laughs> it's like, no, I, I like the idea that we could say to them and affirm them in, in saying, like, no, have you ever just had that feeling? Like, And I've thought theologically and philosophically for a long time that goodness being inherent or some sense of rightness being inherent to the yes. way that we are, yes. you're not always going to know why the right thing is the right thing. It just feels right and that's what makes it mm-hmm. right you know mm-hmm. is that you just sort of know and that those things are built into you mm-hmm. in some way or another mm-hmm. so why wouldn't it be right. you know that you just felt this was the thing to do you yeah. know yeah. I, I think that affirms people in a much bigger way than telling them to sit around and listen for audible voices which mm-hmm. I have never heard either mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. growing up my mom told me and she'd always say, like in the story of how she and my dad ended up together, mm-hmm. she would use the words that communicated that God spoke to her. Yeah. And for the longest time, I actually thought she heard audibly oh, yeah, yeah. God's voice. Yeah. And it was just a few years ago I was asking her about it, and I, she was telling the story again, and she kind of stopped. And I asked her, 
to clarify whether or not she heard an audible, and she clarified that she hadn't. And it blew my mind, because I grew up thinking that my mom had. And then to know, like, oh my gosh, I actually don't know somebody who heard God's voice. Yeah. That's kind of a bummer. (laughs) It's so interesting to hear the story change. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And to be be clear, I think that some people have that gift. Yes, absolutely. But I'm just not. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just not one of them, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> I think I've been gifted to do other things, but apparently that's not, I'd like to talk too much to listen, I guess. Um, I guess I, I, want to, I want to make sure and ask you about, because it's not something we get into very often on this, on this show, is just talk a little bit about, and we're going to say the word millennials a bunch, which is fine. Mm. Talk about young, young adults in the church, um, yeah. which we both are. Yes, uh, we're like unicorns. Yes, yeah. <laughs> unicorn. Well, and that's that's where I will start. Actually, is that you know my entire career in ministry, which I would say has been since I was like fifteen, mm-hmm. when I started leading worship at my church, mm-hmm. or somewhere in there anyway. Mm-hmm. I have heard the question asked over and over, as you probably have: Why aren't 20, 20 and thirty year olds going to church? Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, and then I'm mm-hmm. sure it'll spark a bunch of other things. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> We actually, as a HOPE staff, yesterday, all the campuses got together for our once a month, all, all staff meetings, so everybody's here, and we watched the Simon Sinek video that went viral really recently about millennials, mm-hmm. um, and I hadn't seen it before, so I was like, wow, I'm an atypical millennial, I yeah. don't know something that's viral, I don't yeah. know. Um, and so we sat around at our table and discussed it, and I, um, so this is really fresh on the brain yeah. to have for this discussion. And, I grew up going to church. Most of my friends were at church. Um, a lot of them are still in some way connected to church. So my world has not been around people who haven't been in church, mostly mm-hmm. just because of the nature of my jobs. You know what I mean? Like yes. I went to Christian college. Mm-hmm. That was actually the most unchurched period of my life. Yeah. You know, I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I have the freedom not go to church on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. then I'm not gonna. Yep. And then senior year, when I needed to do an internship, I didn't have a church. And I needed to find a church to do an internship at. And it wasn't, like, a natural thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I also had that. Then I just came here and asked them, and they said yes. (laughs) That's basically what I did with this other church. I was like, hey, uh, you don't know me, but can I feed your youth? (laughs) You you don't know me or have any reason to believe I'm capable of doing this. But I promise. I I promise that I will try. (laughs) So thank you to all those people in our lives that have said yes to that. For yeah, no right. No kidding. Shout yeah. out to Liz Moss who <laughs> said yes to me. Yeah. Um, I would be Richard Webb. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Both great people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, growing up in the church, yes. not being, not ever being disconnected from it in a big way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, say more about that. You're making a point. I interrupted you. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember. Well, and I think like this is something that I'm still trying to formulate thoughts on about Mm -hmm. why people aren't other than I just go I know what in my gut right that like I have been pretty significantly hurt by the church and multiple people when they hear the full story have said to me Jamie it's a miracle that you're still at church much less working for one Mm -hmm. and I the first time I heard that I I had never thought about it until a spiritual director that I was seeing told that to me and I was like oh yeah, yeah maybe you're right so maybe that is a huge gift to me, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm still connected at church. And um, obviously Definitely. this is like a calling for me. And so 
that that part of that makes sense. But um, still, for me, having been hurt by a church pretty significantly, and still being here and knowing that that's a miracle, like that is pretty. Like there's an obvious correlation to me that there have been a oh. lot of other friends, right? Like yeah. who grew up on I Kiss Dated Goodbye and all of these yeah. other like super weird. That's cringeworthy. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, yes, messages from church. So of course, like as soon as you smell something that's inauthentic and just just you know not healthy, like you're gonna run the opposite way if you're if you yeah. have a healthy gut, yeah. right? And yeah. so that part makes sense to me why a lot of people are leaving the church either evangelical or mainline mm-hmm. because also I think churches struggle to to stay relevant it's so you have been posting on Facebook recently about like man how do people write messages every week people do this every week yeah. are you are you kidding me yeah. right and that's where I was at about 6 months ago when I was new at revive and was preaching on a pretty regular basis and I was like wow Mm-hmm. I get that. Why there for some people who are not gifted with preaching and they're at a rural church or they're at a small church and it's them every Sunday. Yeah. Why you just kind of run out? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep, definitely. And if people go to church and think that that's the epitome of why you go to church is you go to hear a message, mm-hmm. and then the message just starts to become stale. Yeah. Then. I'm, then why would you go? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to listen to a podcast that gets stale. Right. I'm not going to go watch a pod or watch a TED talk by somebody who's not interesting to me anymore. Like, why yeah. would I waste my time? Yeah. There are much more interesting people to listen to you and to, you know, and yeah. so I think if that's your definition of why you go to church, that would make sense to me why there are a lot of millennials who are yeah. craving something real and genuine and passionate mm-hmm. and want to know, like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Who am I? Yeah. And if church isn't a place that's answering those questions, then why would I go? Yeah, yeah. And I don't feel like... Well, the, I mean, first of all, like, I also I grew up in, I think I've mentioned it before, like, like Lutheran Church, Missouri, said, like, pretty conservative yes. Lutheranism, and which I didn't obviously know at the time, but right? now I did. Now I do. Um, I ended up significantly more liberal than that, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but having done that and, and watched, seen the formatting and knowing, like, I know the divine service too by memory, probably still, mm. um, you know, just because that was the one we did every time and, um, something that was very heavy in liturgy, which I do have an appreciation for still, but having where the message was 10 minutes, 15 minutes to now being a preacher myself where I'm going... 25, 30, 40, 45 minutes, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes still not getting into in all the things I want to be saying. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to me how much that's changed, and I think that the sermon has really. I think you're right in a lot of ways. Like that has become the reason why. I think it's probably it's probably been if I'm allowed to. It's probably been music a little bit as well, just mm-hmm. because that's changed so much in the yes. time I've been doing it too. Yes. Um, and become a lot more relevant. But even p- some of that, the stuff that when I started in this was so relevant and so groundbreaking and so new is now becoming a bit stale, which is why we're seeing sort of the uh, revive-esque shift. It, it sort of follows the line of the, the bigger global shift in music, which is a lot more intimate, a lot more acoustic, a lot more quiet. The big, the time for bigness and showiness seems to be fading mm-hmm. to me. Um, so all that to say, if it changes in the short time that you and I have been doing this, yes. how much it will change over our lifetimes, yes. and how hard it must be to try and keep up with just the next thing, the next thing, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention the fact that we live in 
I mean, this is not a new observation, but we live in a world where we're used to having whatever we want, however we want it, pretty much whenever we want it. Mm -hmm. And to go to something even once, like think how quickly you bail on a new TV show, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. Right, you know, and so if I went to revive a handful of times and was like, you know what, the first and second time were okay, third and fourth, they didn't grab me, I'm going to go back. Like, Mm -hmm. it might just be that, too. Sometimes we, we, I am guilty of this, try to attribute these big philosophical reasons as to why people don't go, and I I think maybe sometimes it's like, yeah, I just didn't grab It didn't click. Yeah. My gut didn't say this is home. Yeah. I've never watched, I've never watched Mad Men because I can't get through the first two episodes. I'm like, I'm just not interested in this. You know, like, (laughs) Uh it's a weird example, but it might be happening. No, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The number of people who come to revive once or twice and then I never see them again Mm -hmm. is, it's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. But then at the same time, I think I told you, like, there's people that I recognize from immersion mm-hmm. that are still there. Yes. You know? So yes. there are some people that are fiercely loyal to it as well. And there's one or two people that I just met really recently that used to go to immersion, mm-hmm. left for years, and now have just kind of reappeared on the scene. Yeah. You know? They're back. So in order to... So, so in order to to even be a young person who's going to stick, you have to also be willing then to stick through when things change pretty drastically and... Uh, like the shift, I again wasn't here, mm-hmm. but I just know stylistically the shift from emergency to revive was probably a big deal, and I would imagine people were lost in the midst of it. Just I'm sure, you know, I'm I, sure. neither of us were here, but I right. think it's safe to speculate. Some people went, if it's not going to be this thing that I've always known, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to, mm-hmm. um, then I won't be here when it, you know, relaunches or whatever they did. I don't know exactly yeah. what they did. Um, yeah. I guess I should have asked Jeremy Johnson about that. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, <laughs> he would have been the one with all the answers. Yeah, about he that one. he'd know. Yeah, he can tell. Um, I think I I will say though I'm a, I'm a touch I'm a touch envious of your position because I find it in, I think it's an interesting challenge to be in that spot. It is a challenge, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, is it? A, I imagine it's got to be a struggle. Do you come up with all the sermon series on your own? I do. How I'm not hard? like purely on my own. Yeah. I'll run them by people if I feel stuck. But yeah, I'm I'm the generator for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to like? continually come up with even just topics to give to other people to preach about that yeah. feel like they're relevant, you know? Because it's not like you're yeah. just... Well, at the beginning of the fall, I sat with the Revive Leadership team, mm-hmm. and I said, all right, like, what do you want to hear? Because if you want to hear it, probably other people want to hear about yeah. this too, right? So we went through this huge... We, like, just brainstormed, put everything on a page, and then I said, all right, you get... I don't remember how many votes. You get five votes for this huge list and tried to sift through what are actually the most important ones. Yeah. And so we've tried to hit some of those. Some of the things that we're doing are on there, like this upcoming series that we're doing starting in March is mm-hmm. called The Struggle is Real. We're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about anxiety and depression because most adults in the United States are living with a diagnosable level of yep. either anxiety or depression or both, mm-hmm. right? Everybody is going to experience grief at some point in time in their life. Yes. And we all experience small griefs on a continuous basis, mm-hmm. but you might not have had a, a significant loved one pass away mm-hmm. or something, you know, um, which is maybe the only thing that you'd consider grief. So, um, But there's a danger in failing to acknowledge the small ones, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Even things as... Even things as small as the fact that Starbucks just discontinued Oprah Chai. Yeah. That is my favorite. And it, like, ruined my day when I went in. And I and they were like, we don't have that anymore. And I was like, oh, is it coming back soon? And they told me it was discontinued. Uh, and I was like, 
I didn't like cry, but like I was in a funk you for the rest of the day. You need to have a moment day. of grief for that. I did. Yeah. I needed to have a moment of silence for Oprah Chai. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> which is just like a really like small kind of trite example, right, but, but like it's, but it's I a think, grief. I think it's helpful. I think it's helpful in this way. Not that I have mm-hmm. to justify it for you, but I think I, think <laughs> I appreciate that, that. I think that's helpful in this way, though. If you were to not acknowledge, that's why you were. You were like, that bums me out. It just kind of puts you in a funk. Yep. You might spend your whole day in a funk. Yes. Not knowing what the reason was. Yes. Perhaps projecting blame onto other people. Yes. Maybe avoid Starbucks for a while. Yeah. Because I'm so cranky about it. Yeah. I have unaddressed angst Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's another reason why therapy is so great. You can go talk about the loss of your And they will help you figure out (laughs) why you're so angsty about it. And they won't laugh at you at what might. But later after you leave. Yeah, I assume they all do in like a circle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you asked about sermon series. So that's not something that was on their list of ideas. Mm-hmm. But when I look at Revive, and, and not just Revive, but like my my friendships, the, the, the people in my life, Absolutely. what we are all kind of dealing with, those are things that I'm like, yeah, we need to talk about those yeah. things. Oftentimes, so like in the series that we're currently doing, like I don't, I don't have a ton of things to say about what we're talking about in this relationship series, but I know that we need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So that's when I'm like, okay, what do we need to talk about? And who are the people that I know, either through hope or personal friendships, that have things to to be able to say that are worth hearing about those topics, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, this kind of six-month period that we're in now, for the first six months of 2017, came together in one day mm-hmm. about three or four months ago. I was sitting at Caribou on Ingersoll just kind of brainstorming, and this it all just kind of came together. Yeah. And I sat back at the end of the day and went, oh, my gosh, how did I just plan this mm-hmm. these six months, right? Like, it was yeah. this really cool, like, oh, Holy Spirit yeah. moment. That, but then I'll, I'll look at a topic for a week that maybe, like, something gets shifted around and then all of a sudden I have an open week and I have this like crippling fear that I'm not going to be able to come up with something oh yeah. you know what I yeah. mean or yeah. that I'll have to come up with something to say or I'll have to find somebody to somebody to talk about this topic and it, it always comes together mm. right um but yeah so there's the so though there's the team of people that I talk through those things with I'll talk about them with Jeremy Johnson yep. you know kind of run him through this is kind of what I'm thinking and he's always so affirming and encouraging he's like yeah you're dead on you know these are really good things yeah and then he'll um kind of start riffing on a few of them Mm -hmm. and then that's how I know okay these are the things I want you to talk about yeah (laughs) it gets gets him going going. yeah Yeah. so uh so yeah that's kind of how I could have talked if he had a three o'clock meeting when I podcasted him and Mm -hmm. if he hadn't I think we might still be in there yeah (laughs) right I know it could have gone for five so great yeah. Um, that was the first one I had to split into two parts because we went so long that I was like, and I but I was like, I don't want to lose any of this conversation. So, um, I believe it. And then he talking about Dave Matthews Band. I was like, never mind. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We're just kidding, Jeremy. If you listen Next. to this, we love you. Um, yes. It is interesting to try and I think it's a, a real challenge, not just for somebody who's in that position with young adult ministry, but just in ministry in general. How do we have our fingers on the pulse of of, I guess the best way to say it is, is kind of a healthcare way, but it's like, where do you hurt? Like, where, yes. you know, like, where are people hurting currently? Mm-hmm. Where do we feel that need? Or where is it, where is it just being told mm-hmm. to us in yep. some cases? Yep. Um, and what do people need to hear about it, you know? That, I really like how you just articulated that. I'm going to go back and listen to this and write those down and put them on my desk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, and I think the the less articulate way that I've been thinking about it is anything that we talk about in that space I want it to be real yeah 
It yeah. just that's kind of like been the one filter. Mm-hmm. In addition to the series that Hope is doing right now through the whole church, yes. um, to know and to be known. Mm-hmm. So if it promotes knowing God and knowing self and knowing one another, those like three that like trifecta, mm-hmm. and if it's real, then we need to talk about it. Yeah. And if it doesn't fit those two, sorry, mm-hmm. it's gonna wait till later. Yeah. Or not, you know. I I think that uh, I'm excited to to be able to come speak about depression and anxiety because yep. one I would speak to anybody about it so <laughs> and two um, I like the idea I like I've always approached it now with the concept of like of wholeness which I think is speaks to authenticity a little bit being that like this is a part of who I am who some of you are who uh, and it does you know absolutely no good to pretend like it's not or to wish mm-hmm. it away and in fact you will start to feel oddly empowered not to give away too many things, but to feel oddly empowered when you sort of embrace those things and realize that you get to say what they mean. There's a mm. great uh, TED yes. Talk by a stand-up who I will send to you if I can remember to do it. Yeah, um, but he says, and I have it in a post, on a poster in my wall at home because I, I want to be reminded of it, and he says, uh, the world I believe in is when we're embracing your light doesn't mean ignoring your dark. Mm. And that part of... Uh, becoming more positive, more healthy, a better person, mm-hmm. isn't ignoring those parts of yourself, but really tangling them and wrestling with them. Yes, and you And I, you and I would say doing that well knowing that the final word hasn't been spoken in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the other part of mental wellness that coming at it from a God perspective always bothers me a little bit when, when I hear secular like secular answers to these questions and, I, and I'm sitting here going like you're so you're right there mm-hmm. but they don't have the thing to say but also God has said that you know the death does not have the last word yeah, and, but, but and it, also the way is through and they bring you so close to that that you're like if you would just say that like you're looking to turn a corner and that's the corner but you know yeah. um, which I, I find I guess interesting but right well um, and if you because if you look at the life death and resurrection of Jesus like the way is through mm-hmm. you know is through death mm-hmm. and then life is on the other side yep and that no no there are no promises I was just talking to a friend about this the other day um, that when Jesus says like you will do these things the things that I have done and more if you look at the life of Jesus it was not like an easy life <laughs> like you yeah, know nope. a lot of wandering in the desert and, and stuff like and you know like he suffered a lot and I th- I've started to think that him saying, you will do these things and more, we always think that means we're going to walk in water, we're going to turn water into wine, a lot of water themes. Uh, there's going to be bread and fish, mm-hmm. like we're going to do miracles. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think, I'm starting to think what it also means, not just exclusively means, but also means is that uh, you are also going to suffer like Jesus suffered and possibly in ways that were in some ways greater than he suffered because that's part of the narrative. That's part of the story that I'm telling you you're going to live. You have to understand the end is written already, but that doesn't mean, you know, uh, we're going to make this, it's going to be easy because it wasn't easy for him, certainly, right? right? So right. why would we ever expect, you know, because I've been digging, I've been trying to dig into that idea of like, where did we get this con- this idea that everything's supposed to be easy all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, that's an idea of fleshing out. You might hear all of this again in March. Yeah, this plug. If you're listening to this, get your butt to revive on is it March nine or 16, whatever? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen. Yeah. Awesome. Or come both. Um, or come nice. both. Or come like Thursday, like tomorrow. This Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
We like to, I like to do some lighter stuff at the end. We cool. And we're talking about depression and anxiety. And depression and anxiety. And, yeah. and also getting some pretty theory, serious yeah. theology towards the yeah. end as well. Um, we're going to have to do this again because I have a million other things we could have talked cool. about. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I love that. Jeremy, or Mike said, it's always best in a conversation to save something for the next conversation. Yeah. So, and yeah. he's, he seems like he's a pretty wise guy. I think he kind of knows what he's talking <laughs> about. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll take our cue from him. <laughs> um, Bunch of random weird, a bunch of random questions yeah. that are just lighter about. Hit me. What is the last movie that you saw? Uh, I watched The Incredible Hulk for the first time. Oh. Yes, and I love Marvel. The Eric, the Eric Bana one or the it's Edward the, one? It's the Edward Norton one. Yeah. yeah. The better one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm watching through all of the Marvel movies in order with someone right now. Nice. And so in like chronological storyline orders, yeah, so yeah. we watched. Captain America, the first one, and then Iron Man, mm -hmm. and then um, Hulk, and then I think the next one is the next Iron Man one. It's either or that or Thor, maybe. There's another. I, it might. It might be yeah. Thor. It's one of those two. So yeah. So that's the last yeah. movie that I watched. I am also a big fan of that. Mm -hmm. Those movies. So I'm a huge nerd. I love um, those. There's a Guardians of the Galaxy two trailer that I just oh they must have shown it during the during Super the Super Bowl, Bowl. Was, oh like, my gosh that one and uh, Logan the yeah. Wolverine movie that movie oh, looks so gosh. bad it looks yeah. so good 2017 so I open I preached the first revive of 2017 mm -hmm. and I opened by talking about here are some of the movies that are coming out this year and I was just like in my I was like preparing it in my it office best, and best just like on ever, cloud yeah. nine yeah, yeah and I was like oh my gosh the Wonder Woman movie yeah. is coming out just like because we, we're getting Guardians of Black is it Black Panther this year? I yeah, think. yeah, I think it might be. Um, it's a phenomenal lineup of movies. Some this year. some people more nerdy than us are at home freak out. Yeah, can't remember. <laughs> I know they're like, are you kidding? All me? of them. You're yeah. truly not a, a a true nerd. It's not real. I went and saw uh, when my buddy was in town. We had one evening where we didn't know what we wanted to do, and I was like, yeah. we're just gonna see Rogue One again. Rogue One again. Yeah. So we went and saw Rogue That's One again. Nice. Great movie. Cool. Um, I also saw Fences in the theater. Oh, yeah? Um, no, and then I saw La La Land. I think that might actually be... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I went in kind of thinking, like, okay, everyone says La La Land is amazing, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go in with low expectations because I... Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, five minutes in, I was pretty into it. 20 minutes in, I was like... This is great. And I cried at the end. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the girlfriend that I went with, like, sobbed on the way home. <laughs> Just, I, it's so good. I will it's see so it because I, I do this thing where when they release the Best Picture nominees, I, yes. every year I try to see every Same. movie that gets nominated for Best yep. Picture. Same. I don't understand why people don't. Especially yeah. when they're at home. Like, they're the Best you, Pictures of the Year. What do you want to watch? Why don't you watch one of the five movies that get nominated for Best Picture? <laughs> yeah, like, right. somebody thought it was worth it. Yep. Yeah. Um, did you see all of them from last year? No, uh-uh. I never get close to seeing them all. I always want to. This is the first year I've almost actually finished it. I still haven't seen The Revenant, but that's cool. the only one, I think. Cool. Um, I would highly recommend seeing Spotlight. It's very good. Oh, yeah, I saw Spotlight. Yeah, that yes. was great. It was great. really great. I really liked it a lot. I mean, um, it's not likable, but... Right, like, but it's It was a well-told you know? story, mm -hmm. yes. And I, you know what made me think? I've said this a couple of times. I was watching it, and I'm like... Shame on me for not knowing more about mm. this. Like, well, so yeah. many parts of that was like, oh, Well, man. and so what I noticed as an Iowan is at the end of the movie, all of these towns come up where stories like this had happened, and Davenport, Iowa, yep. smack in the middle of the screen. Yep. And I was like, oh, yeah. Bad words coming out of You, you think it's all yeah. somewhere far off, and because it's they broke it in here. Boston, it sounds like a, a Boston thing, but it's it, it was, was everywhere. Yep. Systemic yes. in its nature. Yes. Um, on a similar note, Mm -hmm. What's a movie that will always make you cry? I will go first. It's Field of Dreams. 
Iowa. And by the way, oh, cry hysterically. Like I just like the last fifteen oh. minutes of the movie, I cried without stopping for the most part. Well, I can't think of a movie right now, but the TV show that makes me cry without fail is Friday Night Lights. Oh, love Friday Night Lights. I ball like a baby. Yep. Love I've Friday seen this whole show mm-hmm. multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. But get Connie Britton on screen. Yep. <laughs> get Taylor Kitsch on screen. Mm-hmm. Get, oh, what's Landry's name in real life? He was in Breaking Bad. Jesse, Jesse uh, Clemens. Clemens. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Tyra. I mean, the... There's all of these different storylines in that show with people, with kids, with high school students. It's just mm-hmm. so real, you know? It just, it gets me going. That's the best. I've said a lot of times, and I thought this until I saw Parenthood. Yep. Another excellent show. Coach and Tammy was the best portrayal of an on-screen of a, like a marriage that felt very authentic. Yes. Until I saw Parenthood with the two main... With Adam like, and Adam Christina. And, yeah, and I was yeah. like, okay, this feels pretty. Like, I was like, um... <laughs> yeah. But, Which they're done by the same guy, Jason Kadams. Right, yeah, so, exactly. Yep. And they're all produced by uh, Brian Glazer, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah, cool. I think so. Yep. Have you heard of the new show, This Is Us? I've heard of it. I haven't started watching it yet. Same, apparently. It's right up that same alley. Yeah, that's what I hear. Um, mm-hmm. Boy, that first episode of Paramount, I bought my... When he... Okay. Now we're revealing a lot. <laughs> when, in, that, in that first episode, when he says the... Uh, the he goes to his dad, Dad, my son has autism. Or there's something yes. wrong with my son. Yeah. Like, started crying instantly. It's all over. Like, yeah. I was like, oh no, the show. <laughs> the pillow that I am lying on on the couch will be wet for and I was, days. <laughs> I was watching it with the girl I was dating at the time, no longer dating, but mm-hmm. I, I was just like... And she's like, are you crying? I was like, no. <laughs> but I totally was. And then yeah. proceeded to cry in almost every episode. Um what are some of the other things we ask the people? You seem like you read a lot? I try to. Yeah. I used to get grounded from reading as a kid. Grounded then, from reading? Yeah, and I would be like, Mom, most kids get grounded so that they have to read. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, what the heck? <laughs> exactly. Um, and then the college happened, and I was forced to read. And kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit. Yep, and I wasn't around, allowed to read Harry Potter growing up, and so the first books that I, like, really, truly remember finishing, it was 2013, so, like, years after college, I read through all of the Harry Potter books in a month. <laughs> yeah, in a Start, month? In a month. Wow. And, you know, <laughs> so Harry Potter got me back into reading, and now there's, like, always a stack of books that I'm, like, air quotes reading yeah. right now, and I'm, like, a chapter into 15 or you know, if you notice books. from what I quote on what I put quotes up from on Facebook, it's because I'm reading all those books almost like all, the all at the same time. time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I find especially same. when you're preaching or writing, it just helps to have a bunch of different things kind of going because it of just introduces ideas and Yes, and they play off each other in really interesting ways. Right? Yeah, yeah. To be able to put connective tissue where there wasn't any before, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. Um Yeah. What list some of the things you're reading currently? There's a book called something about like finding the soul of your leadership or covering the soul of your le- something about the soul of your leadership mm-hmm. that I'm like I can only read like a paragraph at a time because it's just like a really rich chocolate cake. Yeah. You, know, you take a bite and you're like, ooh, I need to settle for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm reading the Outlander series, which mm-hmm. is a TV show. Started with the TV show. Now I'm going back and reading the books. Um, reading one of the Boundaries books mm-hmm. by uh, Henry Cloud. Um, this one is Boundaries in Dating, and he opens it by talking about, like, this book was written as, like, an answer to I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and yeah. I was like, oh, I'm hooked, okay. Yeah. That <laughs> sounds interesting. So, that's been really good so far. Um, I'm reading, what else am I reading? Um, some friends and I started reading Nadia Boltzweber's Pastrix book together, her auto 
but her memoir, mm-hmm. and so we're about three quarters of the way through that, and I haven't finished that one yet. Um, I'm reading, I started reading like a year ago, Rachel Held Evans' Searching for Sunday, and that's so good. Um, and then I have, there's like another fun read book, book that I'm reading right now. Um, that's something I need to do more, is just, just read just fun. Just fun reading, fun. yeah. Because yeah. I'm yeah. always reading like Robin, Donna Miller. Yes, and, and it's like heavy, and I'm like, like yeah, yeah, oh my gosh. And like Richard Rohr, and I'm like, I'm, I, Immortal Diamond oh, took Richard me forever Rohr. to get through because every so other good. paragraph I was like, I need to stop and think about yeah, <laughs> I'll be listening to Rob's podcast, and then I, I just have to pause, like the, especially the ones that he does with Pete Rollins. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Yeah. Or Richard Rohr. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one. I can't with... listen to those ones in the car because I want to be writing things down. Yeah. So I don't yes. forget. Yeah. Yeah. That's anyway. why I listen to a lot of pot comedy ones in the car because they don't matter really. Yeah. Um, although sometimes they do. Um, all right. Well, this has been. Fantastic. I appreciate so you taking the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's been Where a could people get in touch with you should they decide that they want to get in touch with you? Should you wish to be found? <laughs> do I want people to find me? <laughs> I think maybe in your current in your job you probably should Might be a problem with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I'd love it. Uh, people have anything they want to talk about or whatever, they can find me on Facebook, Jamie Richards. There's a lot of Jamie Richards out there though, so um and my Email here at hope is Jamie J A M I E dot Richards R I C A J R D S at hopewtm.org. and that's the most direct way. Awesome. And revive is Thursday nights. Thursday nights at seven p.m. in 7 the chapel at the West Des Moines campus. Yes. Um, if you are in the area and you haven't been, uh, it's not something I was promoting when I started this podcast because I haven't been back to it yet. <laughs> uh, but you should uh, you should definitely come check it out. Give it a, give it a shot. Um, if you've come. I will say, as a disclaimer, if you come to Hope on the weekend and that was a little too much for you, this is very different from that, yes. so don't let that be a reason why you've been avoiding it. Um, I tell new people that all the time. They're like, hey, I'm looking to meet other young adults. Where can I meet them on Sunday mornings? Because mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, because that's not what Sunday morning is geared towards, right. is meeting other people in your same age group, right? right? So I tell people, come to Revive. Yeah. It's a fantastic way to meet other people. Yes. I know... Uh, at least a couple people I could list that actually met their husband or wife there. Yeah, same. <laughs> because, yeah, <laughs> more than a couple I, yep. that I could list. Um, and we alluded to earlier, but uh, if you have any interest, I'm speaking there on the 16th of March. Sure so you can am. come hear that. Or the, do you guys podcast? We, it kind of fell off okay. for a while because of staffing changes out, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping to get that up and going. Yeah, again. that should. You should. Soon. Yeah, that would be, um, be really great. Yeah, that was, the, that, was the the way, that was the way I first listened to my own sermons, which was... They just posted them, and I went back. That's oh, like, it's the I'm worst. so scared about that. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. maybe I'm subconsciously procrastinating because yeah. of that. But yeah. anyway, um, it'll happen. Awesome. Well, everybody, the Chris Pcast is back and better than ever. Um, there will be more of them when I decide to do them. <laughs> I'm not marrying myself to a timetable this time. I've learned my lesson. Um, thanks, everybody. Listens, you can download and subscribe. Do this on iTunes, on the iTunes, just search the Chris Pcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash Chris Pcast, no, the in that one. Follow me on Twitter at Chris Peacher, even though I don't tweet ever, um, but you can do it anyway. Uh, and if you like the show, uh, rate, uh, subscribe, um, write a review. I, for some reason, that helps. It has still not been explained to me how, uh, <laughs> but it helps somehow. Um, Jamie Richards. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. This has been really fun just to kind of riff on different yeah. things and see what happens. We'll, so, d- we'll have to do it again. Absolutely. You know what? It, I just said we're going to do more. If I can't get more guests, I'll just keep having you <laughs> on. <laughs> it just slowly becomes your show. Yeah. I fade away. We get some Wednesday afternoon coffee and yeah. chat. 
All right. See everybody when I see you. I'm gonna say next week. I was committing myself to you. Yeah.